This week on Scandal. (laughs) (laughs) Scandal is awesome. I love Scandal. Yeah, I know. This is totally going in the recording, isn't it? Welcome to Reactive. This week, we have me, Raquel Velez, and Khalil. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) We're speaking really closely into the mic. Unfortunately, we have no Henning. No, he is, unfortunately, he is in the process of moving away from his current location to a new location, which you all already know, since you've listened to all the other episodes before. But maybe you're new and you didn't know, so now you know. Uh, now you know. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Okay, I, can't, I can't do this anymore. I have to, like, <laughs> this is super weird. Anyway. Oh. Ah, it's awesome. I would love to yeah. be an NPR person. Um, maybe, I don't know. It's, it's sometimes it's uh, cool to do that kind of effect. Like, hello. Yeah. But then you need like way more equipment, right? Like you need the, like, you have to make sure that you don't pop your peas. So weird. Right. And so like, you have like this different thing and like, there's all this audio. Okay. Actually, what am I saying? You are like a super audio nerd and you would be really into that. Um, Uh, I don't know. I I like things to be easy, you know, like I I just like uh, to have one mic that goes into the USB. Like if I would, if I would uh, like be like super audio nerdy, I would have to have like a mix, uh, mixing, like a mixer that then have like a real cable, you know, like an XLR cable or whatever that goes into the mixer and then like mix everything out and maybe have a second computer where the Skype comes in and I mean, those podcasters do some crazy stuff with the audio, so I'm not like that at all. I like to have a, U- a USB mic and uh, just record. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. I think so. Anyway. So, so. <clears throat> what has happened this week? In the last two weeks, right? Oh, because, yes. Because uh, we missed last week. Yes, uh, unfortunately, my dog had to go to the vet um, during, and, and the one available time was during our recording session. So right. it really, you know, too bad. But fortunately my dog is fine. He's feeling much better. Awesome. Um, so we're good, but apologies to the reactive, uh, you know, audience of listeners who missed out last week. Um, so sorry about that, but we're back this week and, um, wow. A, a decent number of things have happened in the last couple of weeks. Um, GitHub changed their fonts. Ooh, the yes. internet went went absolutely wild. Like, ah! yeah. GitHub changed their fonts, and then I think somebody tried to change it back, and people were like, "No!" And it was, I don't know. I feel like GitHub can't really? do anything <laughs> without <laughs> commentary. <laughs> They're just yeah. too big. Well, it's a passionate user base, for sure. I mean, it so is. what they did is that they um, they changed the CSS so that the system font. Uh, mm-hmm basically is the main font of the page that -hmm. means that for mac users it's going to be the san francisco font by apple um yeah for windows i guess it's going to be like arial Uh, i'm not sure i haven't seen any windows users on twitter like going going nuts about it um Mm <clears throat> and for Linux users, it's it's or at least Ubuntu users. I think it's the Ubuntu font. <clears throat> and um, yeah, and uh, so what I so I was like excited because I really like the San Francisco font, and so I was like refreshing my GitHub to see because it still was cached and everything looked the same. So I refreshed it, and then ah, oh, now I have the San. So I had the San Francisco font, and. Um, I did not really like it a lot. So what I did is that I, <laughs> I, somebody was tweeting about Sindra Sorhus's, um, Chrome extension that's called GitHub refined. And it is basically like a little, like a Chrome, uh, extension that just changes the CSS, uh, here and there a little bit to, to, to simplify uh, certain things in the in the GitHub profile and you know your logged in view and what it also does it sets back the um, the whole font thing so since then um, I didn't experience that thing anymore and forgot all about it. Mm, yeah, <clears throat> I I still notice it a little bit like wow this is a little bit bigger spacier, mm-hmm. but I'm 
I, I'm the I'm the type who just doesn't care, <laughs> as long as it's not uh, really really tiny squished, uh, like super tiny font or uh, mm-hmm. something with like really bold. Um, I don't really care. Yeah. I tend to I tend to prefer sans serifs than serifs, but mm-hmm. that's as far as my typography nerdery will go. Right. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I I really uh, I. S- at least in the 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 first five seconds or minutes that I was using it with the new font, I I was really disturbed a little bit by these uh, by the spaciness of it all. Like there's the margins mm-hmm. are different, and um, it uh, didn't really warm up well to mm-hmm. me. Or yeah, whatever you yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. So. <clears throat> Yeah, so uh so yeah, and actually uh that was like a day or something like that. Everybody was totally um mm-hmm. uh, yeah, going crazy, just, but just so. uh, yeah, they were they were none too pleased about it. But I think <laughs> but it's over. I think it's over because plenty of other things have captivated our minds and hearts instead. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, mostly Pokemon Go because that must have been like like a day or so before Pokemon Go was released. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Basically, Pokemon Go came out and the internet just shut up. It was like, sorry, be back later finding, you know, Pikachu. Um, It took me a week. It took me a week to get in on Pokemon Go. So fun fact, I'm like the hipsteriest hipster when it comes to being a hipster. Um, Like, I I refuse to do things once they become cool. Um, in elementary school, I was like, everybody had Tamagotchis, and I was like, nope, I'm out. I'm not mm-hmm. going to participate in this. The Pokemon card game came out, and I was like, nope, not going to do this. Uh, there was the Pogs. Anybody who grew up in the U.S. in the 90s is going to know what Pogs are. I don't know if they were outside the U.S., um, but I was so not into that either. I'd be like, no, I'm like too good for this. Um, so Pokemon Go comes out, and I was like, no, 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 this is a huge fad. I'm not going to participate in any of this at all whatsoever. Uh, but then my husband who is currently, uh, doing an internship on the other side of the country, which United States is rather large. Um, so he's like a six hour flight away. Uh, he starts telling me, oh, I signed up for Pokemon go cause I'm really bored. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, and he's like, and I'm kind of addicted. And it was, it was I don't know. There's something about him saying that he was okay with, with signing up for it. Cause he's the last person I ever would have imagined to sign mm-hmm. up for. Like I figured I would sign up for it before he did mm-hmm. the fact that he did. Then I was like, Oh, I don't know. And then I started talking to some of my coworkers who were like, Oh my gosh, this game is great because I like, it forces me to go outside and I like walk around my neighborhood and like other people, especially in our Slack channel are talking about how they've like discovered more parts of like, the areas that they work in, mm-hmm. like even though they've lived there for two years and they just like never really wandered. And so I was like, okay, this is actually kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And then it came down to the technology. I was like, okay, what does the tech look like for this? I need to, I need to check it out. And within seconds, like, like this was a really, despite the part minus the part where the servers just keep, you know, crapping out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really smart. This is a really smart game. Like you, you, you start and immediately like you, you can grab one Pokemon and then they're like, Hey, there are more Pokemon around you, but you gotta go outside and you gotta walk around and you're like, of course I want more. Why wouldn't I want more? And then I managed to like put my phone down and be like, I'm not going to get any more until later. And then like, I felt the pull of like, go outside go outside, go outside. And so it's like, I'm going to go outside now. <laughs> and I just started wandering. And over the course of the weekend, I think I must have clocked like 10 kilometers just walking around collecting virtual like animals. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> my, my dogs are a little upset with me because they're like, why are we still walking? <laughs> how, come, how come you're stopping? I'm the one who wants to stop. I need to go pee over there. And you're like, wait, wait. I almost got another Rattata. One second. <laughs> 
Yeah, there was actually a a picture like that going around on yes. Facebook of this little dog that was like totally exhausted and it was like, I'm so exhausted, but and what is Pokemon Go or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What even so, is a Pokemon? I yeah, don't even... what even is a Pokemon? <laughs> <laughs> so my dogs are very much in that camp too, like, because, yeah. you know, they go two kilometers and they're like, I'm done. Uh-huh. And so I'm sitting there dragging them along. And so eventually I was like, you know, forget it. I'm just going to drop you off at home and I'm going to keep on going because, you know. Right. So, <clears throat> so when I understand it correctly, the, um, or full disclosure, I just, I started the game. I caught the Pokemon on my, uh, office desk and, uh, thought about going out to get some more at some point, but then never opened the app again. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> So I, for some reason, like it's 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 not very strong with me the the Pokemon Force, but so what I want to know is like so how like um so what so you really just basically you you um collect all these different Pokemon and they have different kind of abilities, <laughs> and at some point, um if I understand correctly, they they fight against each other, or you, you can, can make you can them choose. fight. You yeah, can. you can choose to fight them if you really want to. You don't have to, though. And I'm finding... Okay, so it turns out that I'm really, really, really... Like, so starting a week later than everybody else means that... So there are different levels of Pokemon trainer. So when you, you the human, mm-hmm. are a Pokemon trainer, and mm-hmm. you collect these Pokemon, and you get experience points. And as you continue to collect more Pokemon, you get more experience. And as you get more experience, you level up as mm-hmm. a trainer. Okay. And so everybody starts out as a trainer level one. Um, I am now a trainer level nine, and I've only really been doing it for maybe an hour. Like, like on average, it comes out to about an hour a day over the last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are people who are, like, today I just found out that one of my coworkers is a level 24 Mm-hmm. which anybody who plays Pokemon is going to be like, what? Okay. Um, so that's like huge. Um, and so when you're the higher level that you are, the more powerful your Pokemon can be too. And so you can go uh. to a gym. Um, so there are these, so there are these uh, landmarks throughout your you know area called Pokestops where you can go and you can like um, basically collect uh, some stuff that you might need for collecting more Pokemon. But then there are other Pokestops that are gyms. And those gyms are where you can fight your Pokemon. Um, depending, You can either fight or spar depending on what color, what, what team the gym is affiliated with. So there's like a little bit of like a turf war sort of thing going on depending on your team. And you get to choose your team once you get to level five or something. Oh, um, okay. No, so that and, is the whole like team valor or team yeah. blah, blah, blah thing. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just call them red team, blue team, yellow team. Um, and so I'm on, I'm on the red team, which is team valor. Mm -hmm. Uh, my neighborhood seems to be either red team or blue team because all the gyms in my area are either red or blue owned. Mm -hmm. Um, now if you go in and you beat the, the Pokemon that's, that's currently holding the gym, uh, and you're on a different team, then you can take over that gym and you can turn it into a blue or a yellow or a red or whatever. Um, But your Pokemon at this point, the people who are in charge of the gyms are like really, really high level trainers Hmm. with really strong Pokemon. And so me with my little like, you know, dweeby level nine is just not quite strong enough, powerful enough to really, uh, take over a gym. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some gyms that are like, so gyms are also rated at different levels. Um, next to the university campuses, the gyms are rated much higher because kids have a lot more time <laughs> to yeah. just sit there and battle and yeah. collect Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, but my neighborhood, it's there aren't quite as many like tech savvy people. So there's like a gym level two. So if I wanted to, I'm sure I could I could train up and take it over, hopefully in enough time before somebody else who is like trained up even more than me. Mm-hmm. Um, the BART stations are like levels three, four, five. Um, one of the local universities has like a level 10 gym or something. It's ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. 
no, this is never going to work anyway. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of captivating. Uh, I think the most interesting piece for me is you have this really beautiful map of your area and there are like these really cool landmarks like you get to see like hey there's public art here and mm -hmm. there's this is a park and blah 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 and you end up like wandering around these parks that you maybe hadn't before and if you're smart about it you're not sitting there just staring at your screen the entire time as you walk around mm -hmm. instead you know you hold it in your hand and you look around and then your phone will buzz in your hand when there's a pokemon nearby and you'd be like ooh. I haven't seen this one before. Or you can be like, ugh, another Pidgey. I've already gotten like 12 of these things. But you catch them anyway because you can trade them in for Pidgey candy. And then you can evolve your Pidgey into a Pidgeotto. And anyway, um, I have gotten so nerdy over the last few days. <laughs> As I learn all the lingo, I'm like, oh, yeah. No, I'm totally like I need to trade this in for some you know, and then I have some stardust and I'm going to evolve my little guy and I'm going to train him. And then, and oh my God, it's just ridiculous. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a thing. I am curious though, between Pokemon Go and Yo, which one will have the longer lifespan? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I think uh, Pokemon Go already might have a much longer lifespan i mean just via the user base anyway but yeah. um yeah, sure. what what it what what it makes me think about is how they can uh evolve the game because this is clearly <laughs> like a version it's the first version of the game whatever like st stuff uh, stuff is still crashing it's yeah. <clears throat> And of course, I'm sure they didn't expect um, the amount of popularity that it got overnight, basically. Mm -hmm. And um, I would think, and right now it's really just, it's not more than running around, collecting your Pokemon, building yourself, building yourself up as a trainer, doing a little bit of uh, gym stuff and, mm -hmm. and discovering the area. So... <clears throat> I don't know how the I never played the um, the Pokemon games on Nintendo and stuff, so I don't know if there is a lot of story involved or, you know, how those games if they are also just like catching and then letting them fight kind of games. But right. but I but I can I can like I I can definitely see the potential, you know, like what can mm -hmm. come with more updates that you could, you could bring in more complexity. You could like the teams could go maybe go on missions even or mm -hmm. have like <clears throat> where you have even where you have actual people kind of have to kind of band together or mm -hmm. uh, and go to a specific place or i mean it could be super interesting and fun uh stuff that you could do and uh, yeah i'm definitely looking forward to seeing what they're going to what they're gonna do yeah. how, how it's gonna evolve yeah definitely i mean first thing they need to do is figure out how to scale <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly the yeah. servers keep going down and it is not fun when you when your app crashes every 30 seconds and you're like oh i have to start it over again and then it complains about you know it can't log you in and blah 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 um and then on top of that there's uh it, it is really interesting though there's already been a huge social change um one of my coworkers has joked that in 20 years the world health organization is going to look at uh, heart disease rates in the United States and there's going to be like a significant point sometime in 2016 where everyone <laughs> stopped having like as bad of heart disease because yeah. uh, they went outside and started walking mm -hmm. right like mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, and then I think there's also but there's also this really interesting another one of my coworkers has talked about how uh, he never really talks to strangers but in the last two weeks he has spoken to more random people mm -hmm. than he has in like the last year. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really fascinating. And I'm noticing this myself. Like I'm at, I'm at my, my climbing gym and I'm sitting there like, ah, cause there's, there's a Pokestop right outside the front door and I just want to find some more Pokemon. And uh, someone else is desperately trying to log into the app too and we're sitting there and going oh, servers and then we kind of like look at each other and just kind of giggle like hi random stranger you mm. are also frustrated with this game just like me <laughs> mm -hmm. um so yeah it's 
but it's fun. It's cool. And I think, I think you have a really good point there, Khalil. Like Yo didn't really have any, very many opportunities for expansion, Mm. whereas this totally does. And, um, I mean, I read this really touching kind of, um, account from a mother of, of an autistic son or something like that. Mm -hmm. It was kind of shared on Twitter and everywhere. Um, I mean, you never know how true that stuff is because it's like a screenshot of a Facebook post or something like that. No idea. Right. But, but it, it was a long kind of post that, um, I mean, see, definitely seems plausible. So she was basically saying that um, she took the advice of a mother that also has an autistic uh, child to, to start playing Pokemon Go with, mm. with her autistic child. And... <clears throat> Apparently, so what she's saying, what happened is that like the uh, like the child's eyes lit up um, when when they were like doing this interactive thing of catching the Pokemon mm-hmm. and going out, and suddenly the kid goes out and talks to strangers, looks them in the eye, and you know talks back to them, says hi and thank you, which 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 the the kid never did before, really at all because mm-hmm. it was so kind of closed into to its own little world <clears throat> mm-hmm. and the mother was like so thankful for this game kind of entering in their lives because <laughs> because it made that huge change yeah for this kid yeah it made it a little bit more accessible to <clears throat> like explore areas that that they didn't know and yeah. talk to people that they didn't know and um Kind of, uh, I know from talking to people who um, talk openly about their experiences being on the spectrum that the unknown is really terrifying. Mm. And uh, so anything to kind of, you know, encourage people to explore that just a little bit and, and just gently, uh, I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, on, the, on the downside of Pokemon Go, there are a bunch of articles now talking about how there are people who are so into this game, um, but they're not fully like there are there's some weird societal rules that they're kind of starting to break. For example, going to cemeteries uh, yeah. after dark or um, so like in in Washington, D.C. in particular, there's a lot of different monuments and museums and um, memorials and some of them, it's like, okay, cool. You want to go to the Smithsonian and find some pa- Pokemon. That's cool. But going to Arlington National Cemetery, which is where uh, we bury some of you know the most important soldiers and, and, and all that stuff, like that's a little bit rude. Going to the Holocaust Museum, trying to find Pikachu, like that's a lo- even more rude. Um, and and so there's kind of a how do we how do we educate people about the social requirements of society that says, Hey, we respect you playing with your game, but we also want you to respect the memories of these people and et cetera. There was a really touching post, uh, by somebody in the web world who talked about how hospitals are getting bombarded with people, um, because sometimes there are hospitals that have Pokestops in them. And there's this thing that you can do to a Pokestop, uh, which is um, at a lure, which basically encourages Pokemon to come to that area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some people are like, oh, I know. I'll put a lure on the Pokestop next to the children's hospital, and then the children can play, and they'll be really happy. Um, but the downside is that there are some children who can't leave their beds, and then they're really sad because every, every, all the other children are having a lot of fun, and they can't because they're too sick. Or people from outside the hospital are trying to get into the hospital and then they're bringing their own diseases into the hospital. And these are kids who are immunodeficient and that's actually uh, has like a bigger health scare by bringing random people from the streets into the hospitals. And uh, and then hospitals have to up their security, which means that they have to increase their costs on security, which decreases the amount of medicine they can buy. And so like there's a whole like societal like, whoa. Things people didn't think about at all. Um, And then there are, like, there's, like, other talks about uh, how some, like, more predominantly black neighborhoods are missing Pokestops 
because the original version of this game called Ingress uh, was a much smaller population of people tended to skew a little bit more white, a little bit more male, a little bit more upper, like upper middle class, like mm-hmm. basically a bunch of software dudes in, in the Bay area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they put stops wherever they thought that they should, there should be stops. And it was mostly in their own neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't live in these underrepresented neighborhoods, then <clears throat> they didn't put any stops there. And so it's like this whole, like, there's a cultural phenomenon on top of all of this, and it's amazing and fascinating. And uh, like you said, Cleo, I think it'll be really fascinating to see what happens going forward. Interesting. I know. <laughs> so do you have uh, any experience like growing up with Pokemon of some sort? Like, do you, did you know the names of them? What they, what, because to me, like, I, totally, yeah. I've, I totally missed all that. I guess I'm too old or, or something. I don't know. Um, well, so, so, okay. So my sister is five years younger than me. Uh, and she was really into Pokemon, the TV show. There was a TV show in the U S. Okay. Um, and I mean, I think it, it started in Japan and then moved to the U S and it was just like, you know, a cartoon dubbed, um, everybody knows who Pikachu is. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's like Jigglypuff and like, maybe a couple of other little ones. And so I I knew about those just because my sister would talk about them and she collected the cards and everything. Mm. Um, Probably the most uh, kind of personal engagement I had with Pokemon was one Christmas, I decided to buy my sister the super duper mega pack of Pokemon cards. And I I was like, I spent a bunch of money on it, but I was like, I know she's gonna be really excited about this because it's all a bunch of cards and she can trade them with her friends and she'll be really excited about it. And I wrapped it up and put it under the tree. And then not like three days before Christmas, she comes in. She's like, you know what? I'm like so over Pokemon now. <laughs> and I was like, no. <clears throat> so my my gift got opened and then kind of tossed to the side. And I have no idea what happened to those cards. But, you know. Um, and so as a result... I want to see how far I can get in this game without spending a single penny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, they were top grossing also after a day or so. Yes. In the iOS, app, iOS uh, store. I, yeah. I yeah. Yeah. They're making a ton of money. Yes. So funny. <clears throat> but anyway. <laughs> I would really like to hear like the background like story like maybe i'm sure there's going to be like a book or something like that oh there's a there's an article um oh yeah yeah the ceo of neon tech um uh wrote a or like it was interviewed or something there's an article um talking about what that experience was like um uh, it might have been. I think this might be it. Yeah, the CEO behind Pokemon Go explains why it's become such a phenomenon. Hmm. I'll put this in the uh, in the show notes. I haven't actually read it yet, but I do know um, that like this was one of the first things to come out. This came out July 11th. The game came out on July 7th. So within the first week. Uh, this article comes out, and I guess people just knew that it was going to be big, which mm. then begs the question, why didn't they prepare to scale mm. before launch day? I don't know. Okay. Mm. Anyway. Maybe they didn't think it was that big so quickly. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's like, well, how many people, like 500 million people using it or something like that? I mean, it's, it's insane. ridiculous. Yep. It's over the top. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll put that in the show notes. And people can read up on that. It's basically half of Facebook, <laughs> you know, like within a within a week or so. Oh goodness gracious! That's a little. That's a yeah. Little <laughs> okay. All right. So what else is going on? What else has happened this week besides GitHub changing stuff and then? Um... Uh, Hyperterm. Uh, yes, is, is big, pretty big in the JavaScript community. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it a little bit? Sure. Um, so it's yet another project by the person um, that you introduced us to um, that does the site.co yep. company. Yep. 
Ja, genau. <lacht> Guillermo Rauch. Uh, <lacht> because, not because. Um, so he, he does basically this, this, uh, this service um, called Now, uh, where you can just like kind of, uh, kind of uh, host your Node applications very quickly and easily. And um, yeah, so he or he and his team, uh, they released a termi terminal emulator that's, that's basically completely built on um, JavaScript, HTML, CSS. So it's, it's, an, it's an Electron app. And you can just use it as a, as a terminal on the Mac. Um, so far, it's going to it's going to um, also going to be ported to Linux and Windows as well. That's a, that's what they're that's what they're saying. And um, <clears throat> yeah, and I think uh, a lot of JavaScript people really like it because it's very easy to um, to change. Customize how it looks sorry yeah to customize yeah sorry. to customize it um yeah. change how it looks and there's a bunch of plugins where um how you add a plugin is by basically just um uh, opening a javascript file and adding a name to an array and then it reloads it hot reloads so it's obviously uh written with uh redux and mm -hmm. with react i guess um so yeah so that's pretty hot right now it's it it looks it looks nice i i tried it um i i, I tried it out i'm using it every now and then um, I like how uh, yeah it it had just a little bit it's just a little bit slicker you can make it look nice and slick and um, today I learned about the um, the 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 Adam Dark theme that that makes it look exactly like your if you use Adam uh, the Adam editor it looks exactly like the dark theme for the default dark theme for the Adam edit Adam editor so mm. then you have like you know the same kind of color world in both places which is nice mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah i i kind of think of it as the atom for the console yeah, right? yeah like it's exactly. your it's your terminal it's atom for your terminal um yeah i was really excited because i finally got to meet guillermo uh last week actually oh, and cool. i was like oh my god because like i've known him on twitter and online for four years now um, but I only just got to meet him <laughs> last mm -hmm. week, which was kind of funny. Um, he's come? a super cool guy. Um, so a mutual friend of ours was in town, um, and invited us both to dinner. Uh, and like, my friend was like, Hey, do you mind if I, if I invite my friend? And I was like, yeah, totally fine. And like, he actually assumed that we already knew each other. He was mm. like, Hey, do you, do you mind if I invite Guillermo? And I was like, no, it's totally cool. Uh, I look forward to it. And then I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my God, I'm sitting next to Guillermo Rock. And, he, <laughs> and my friend uh, Juan Pablo is like, no, no, you two haven't met each other yet. And I was like, nope, <laughs> we've never met each other until now. And so, you know, it's a small San Francisco world. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so that was really, really fun. And he's a super cool guy, really chill, really fun. Um, the, the Tsai team is like, all over the world. I think he's the only one who's in the Bay Area. Um, and so, yeah, cool, cool, cool stuff. Cool. How many uh, people are, are working in, the, uh, in that team? Five full-time and then like a few part-time people, I think. So is it is, a startup? Or yes. What is it? Okay. It is a startup. Um, and With uh, VC uh, money then? Or is it bootstrapped? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Do not know that answer. But... Um, yeah, I, like what's funny is that he didn't mention anything about, like I met him a week ago and he did not mention anything at all about Hyperterm, uh, but he did hint at it saying, I'm in love with Electron. Mm -hmm. It's my favorite thing ever. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to show people what I'm building with it. And I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Like I didn't even like think to ask him more questions. And then this came out and I was like, oh, that's what you're talking about. Cool. <laughs> um I really want to play with Electron uh, one day. One day. Yeah, <laughs> Electron is very, is so cool. I'm also thinking about it now. Yeah. 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 So. Definitely. Anyway. Anyway. Um, I like the, de like the design of his pages. Like, it's so, it's so, so mm -hmm. minimal and like just marked down everywhere and stuff. It's yeah. <laughs> Monospaced font. So yeah. Cool. 
Yeah, so that's a, that's very exciting. So did you use uh, use it at all, Hyperterm? No, I haven't yet. I I get weirded out when I have to like change all my tools. Like mm. I try every once in a while to change everything over to Atom, and I try to use Atom, and then I'm like, oh, it doesn't have the colors I want, and I don't have time to like customize it all. So forget it. I'm done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just go back to Sublime. <laughs> yeah. I just I know Sublime. I know it really really well, and. Right now, I'm not coding very much. Um, I, uh, I I got. I'm I'm now in charge of the web team. Uh, I'm I'm right. a manager now, so that's pretty yeah. cool. Um, and uh, so I spend maybe six hours a week coding. So eh, right. and it sticks. I mean, there's also nothing wrong with Sublime, right? I mean, Sublime is is it's not like they stop development or anything. No, no, totally. Yeah, it's yeah. totally fine. There's actually cool. a weird bug where every time I start a new JSON, it saves as JSO. And I'm like, <laughs> that's not a JSON. Why, why did it's you a, cut off the N? It's a JSO. 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 It's a JSO. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, anyway. Okay. Um, yeah. There was another, there was another, like, uh, how do you say, like, uh, change in management at NPM or something like that? Yes. Uh, you have a new CTO, right? We do. We do. I mean, um, so CJ Silverio, um, she started a week after I did at NPM, and uh, she's now the new CTO. Uh, Lori is, the, is now the new COO, because um, it turns out he's really, 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 really good at graphs and just loves metrics <laughs> and numbers. Like, okay. like yeah. genuinely, like we were, we were sitting there like, whoa, like he, he gave a presentation, like talking about all the different graphs and metrics at NPM. And it was just astounding how passionate he was about it mm. and how like naturally good he was at it. And I was like, mm we should make him the COO. And they were like, no, no, Lori's not COO. He's the CTO. And I was like, no, y'all, he is really into this. And they were like, oh, hmm. And um, he wrote a whole blog post about it, uh, announcing CJ's CTO role. Mm-hmm. CJ has basically been doing the CTO role for months and months and months. It was it was really more just a title change than an actual uh, job change. And yeah. I think that, you know, so that's that's pretty cool. I respect CJ so much. Um, I I remember being there like week five, and I just looked at her and I was like, "You're going to be CTO of this company," and she was like, "No, no, 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 that's ridiculous." Lori's the CTO, and I was like, "No, no, I think you're going to be CTO one day," and uh, she did not believe me at all. But jokes on her because she is so. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, she's was, really incredible. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's awesome. It's great. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. always, I guess it's always the best way if, if people are actually already doing this role. And that seems how, how stuff's happening a little bit at NPM anyway. Like that was the same for you also, right? When yeah. you moved into this management role, you were basically doing it already. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, exactly. Of course, now when it's official, I guess you like you're doing it really, really. And then there's some new, some added, um, yeah you know, responsibilities and stuff like that. And right. it becomes a little bit bigger. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like for me, I was doing everything except for like one-on-ones and managing people's careers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a few weeks ago I started doing that and I was like, what? It's so <laughs> weird. It's yeah. so weird being on the other side of things. Like, mm-hmm. I I was I remember my first one-on-one with one of my coworkers and it's extra weird I think because these like I'm now managing the people who used to be my peers and so now I've like moved up a little bit and I'm like hey we can still be friends and stuff right please mm-hmm. can we still be friends even though I'm technically your boss now <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's weird but um but you know and then you start asking them questions that you probably like you know a little bit of the answers to, but you didn't necessarily ever ask them, like, where do you see yourself in mm-hmm. six months? Like, what what are your short-term goals? What are your long-term goals? How can I help you with these things? Um, and there are some questions that I don't have answers to at all. Um, and then there are other ones that I need to learn what the answers are. And then there are other ones that I, you know, obviously know the answers immediately. Like, oh, well, here's what we should do. Like, let's do this thing. Let's do that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been really fascinating. 
really, really fascinating. Hmm. Yeah. So, so super, mm -hmm. super exciting. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I think so too. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, hold on. <clears throat> um, oh, yes. And to me, a huge story was um, what, what, what Henning pointed out in the chat uh, two weeks ago is that the podcast Reply All did a whole, <laughs> a whole episode on the left pad story. Yes, they did. Crazy. That's so, <clears throat> that's amazing. I mean, I really, because I really, I listened to this show since a while. It, it actually, um, it started out as, what was it called? It had a different name because it was part of NPR's podcast network first. Oh really? Uh, yeah, and it was, but it was the same concept. It was um, the show about the internet, where there's like two like nerdy radio guys that kind of you know like they just know like the internet. Uh, they're on Twitter all the time. They know what what's going on and the different mm -hmm. kind of memes and stuff like that. And they were just explaining that and actually interviewing the people behind the stuff that was going on, which was always super interesting because you get this night. Now you, you get to learn the person that is kind of either affected by something or, or, or was the cause of something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Super interesting. So, and they got kind of hired away from NPR by Gimlet media, which is uh, this podcast company founded by also an ex NPR podcast guy. Okay. Yeah, and they re they renamed the show, but it's basically the same show. So I've been listening to this thing for a while, and it was it, to me, it's like you know, like it's it's a it's a big show to me. So, so it was it was amazing to uh, to hear like them trying to explain to a definitely non developer audience, mostly non developer audience, I would think, um, what this is, what this left pad story and NPM is, and how it all works and. Lori was on there explaining stuff was was cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I yeah. What's really funny is Lori Lori comes out of uh his office saying, Hey, I just did a podcast episode on the left pad thing and uh it's for some podcast called Reply All. I have no idea what kind of user base they, they have, but you know, it's probably not that big because I've never heard of them. Um <laughs> <laughs> so anyway that's funny and then and then the story went out and and uh Lori like again was like hey support team like just fyi this is gonna happen but i don't again probably not too many people will respond to it and yeah. surprisingly we only got like two or three trolls uh being like oh left pad and um but what's really interesting about the left pad story is so rumor has it that uh, the person who so, uh, the prime minister of Canada has a bunch of aides, right? Who tell him like, Hey, here's what's going on uh, in the world. Blah, 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 blah. So, Cause like no one world leader can possibly know everything that's happening sure. uh, at once. But apparently, apparently uh, one of his aides told him about left pad because it was a, a significant enough of an event, they mm -hmm. felt, uh, in terms of the internet, mm -hmm. that they felt that that the Prime Minister of Canada should know about it. <laughs> this is a rumor. It's a rumor. But now I'm starting to wonder if maybe it's kind of true, if, if, like, you know, anyway. So we'll see. But oh. it's kind of funny. Okay, so so basically the, the effect that you felt at NPM was there were a couple of trolls but that was it a couple like like literally less than 10 yeah like okay. not not too many and i think most people are just kind of over it uh i mean like, I, I don't think it was i don't think it was portrayed in, in any bad way i mean it was a no. big it was a big and interesting kind of event and especially to this kind of non-techie audience to basically t tell a story where they can say oh this piece of code broke the internet or something like that or broke you know everybody's websites or a lot of websites is super interesting and i think it, it definitely kind of managed to 
in a respectful way kind of try to explain all this like the the mechanism that is behind npm and it's just it kind of shows how big and important npm has become or is even more becoming for mm -hmm. for just the internet like the the websites and the developer community and ecosystem and everything like it's yeah i mean it's mm -hmm. it's huge mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah it's huge yeah so that was pretty mind-blowing. That was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah. I mean, the only good thing I can think of right now is um, not really tech-related, but um, the Republican National Convention is on right now, mm -hmm. and it's, uh, it's terrifying. Uh, <laughs> Um, what just, is that? Can you explain it? Like, I have no idea okay. what, it, what the significance so, is. Okay, so we're going to backtrack a little bit, but not too much, because American politics is a mess. Um, mm -hmm. But basically, before Election Day, there needs to be a Republican nominee and a Democratic nominee. Um, there are other parties as well, but they're so tiny and insignificant by comparison that most people only really care about the Republican nominee and the Democratic nominee. Um, and throughout the, the last kind of six months, there have been uh, primaries, which are, are voting opportunities for people who are affiliated with these different parties to vote for the, the person that they think should be the nominee on behalf of the party. Spoiler alert, the U.S. is not actually a democracy. It's a republic slash oligarchy. Um, so, yeah, percentage of votes don't really matter. Uh, but anyway... So the convention, the Republican National Convention, the Democratic National Convention, these are the, that's the time when they basically tally up. So they don't really tally up all the votes. <laughs> the way that it works is um, depending on the state uh, and the party, uh, they let's say, for example, in California during the primary, um, let's say for, for, you know, the JavaScript National Party, uh, like 75 percent of people decided to vote for um i don't know michael rogers and then the and then another 30 percent uh or 25 percent decided to vote for uh well just sinja soros right like just just random random javascript celebrities mm -hmm. um so uh so then then in that case california was basically won by michael rogers um but then you have these people called delegates who are people from throughout the state who get to uh, represent the state at the convention. And these will be like, you know, five to 10 or maybe like, and it's dependent on the number and the size of the state, depending eh, rules are hard. Anyway, so these random people, uh, you know, let's say people at NPM uh, go, go to the convention and then they vote for who they think that the the nominee should be on behalf of the entire JavaScript party. And so even if technically, so depending on the rules, it can either be the person themselves who says, well, the entire state technically said Michael Rogers, but I personally feel that Sindra Sorhus would be a much better representative of the JavaScript community. So I'm gonna vote for them instead. Um, they can do that, that's totally allowed at the convention, um, depending on the rules. So, <laughs> so anyway, at the convention, this is a whole thing. Um, this is the opportunity for the delegates to come together and put in their votes for who they think that the, the nominee should be, that then the entire country will vote whether they want, you know, the JavaScript leader or the Python leader to be in charge of all technical everything. Um, it's a mess, I know. Anyway, so right now is the Republican National Convention, which uh, unless you've been living under a very, very big rock, uh, you know that Donald Trump is the uh, intended nominee and actually at this point has become the official nominee for the Republican Party and will be on the ticket in November. Um, but wow. there was a group of people who wanted to change the rules uh, so that instead of having... So I think in the Republican Party... I believe my understanding is that you have to, the delegates have to vote on behalf of the state. So if 
50, if, if 75% voted for Michael Rogers, then all of those delegates have to say, we vote for Michael Rogers. Um, what they wanted to do was they wanted to change the rules so that people could personally vote and say, look, I understand that my state technically voted for Trump, but that's a really bad idea. So I would like to vote instead on behalf of someone, on, on the person that I think would be a much better candidate. Mm -hmm. And you can see how in some cases that might actually have been the better move. But instead, Donald Trump is the nominee instead of just the presumptive nominee. Um, and anyway, the big, big, big thing that is really kind of hilarious is that um, Trump's wife gave a speech. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah, I saw that. and in her speech, she basically said the exact same thing that Michelle Obama said in her speech at the Democratic National Convention a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, it was like, like, so there are, there's, there are apps on the internet that you can use uh, that, that like history and uh, language professors will use to compare, uh, to see if, if maybe someone's paper is a plagiarism of someone else's, mm. right? To see if it matches too closely. And they put her, they, t they put Mrs. Trump's uh, uh, speech in there and compared it to Michelle Obama's. And they were really close, like so close that it was very obviously plagiarism. Mm. Um, and then further in the, in the speech, there's a moment where she says that Donald Trump is never, ever going to give you up. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, never never going to let you down. Yeah, never going to let you down. Um, and, and like, she is none the wiser, right? She just thinks this yeah. is the greatest speech that has ever been written for her. Yeah. And, and now the entire internet is like, oh my goodness, not only did, did the speechwriter plagiarize Michelle Obama, but... Rickrolled the entire convention, yeah. <laughs> and and so at first it was like, a, oh my god, like how dare they plagiarize Michelle Obama? But now, like there are more people who are going, oh my goodness, this is a coup! Mm -hmm. This is a coup on behalf of the speechwriter saying this is such a joke. I can't believe they paid me to do this. Yeah, <laughs> and make it ridiculously exactly. Obvious. That's what I was thinking from the start. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, it's unbelievable because it was clear that this would will come out like yes. if she would if it, if it would have been like um a plagiarized speech from i don't know like mrs roosevelt or yeah. something you know maybe it wouldn't have been that obvious no but uh but uh, michelle obama 2008 i mean that was clear <laughs> that it's gonna come out but it was clear that it would never be clear to donald trump Or, or you know anybody else besides the yeah. speechwriter? I, I think yes. so. Yes. So I think that that was really, really uh, was really funny. And I mean, uh, it's just such a joke. It's such a huge joke. And yeah. all I can think to myself is, the world is laughing, but the Republican Party is sticking to its guns. They're like, no, it's not our fault. It's Hillary's fault. It's Hillary Clinton's fault. And therefore, you should not vote for her because mm -hmm. she's the presumptive Democratic nominee. And mm -hmm. it's like, oh, my goodness, for crying out loud. <laughs> I mean, it is it is really ridiculous. Um, so I mean, politics in most countries nowadays or most yeah. of the days are ridiculous. <laughs> but but that, that, that this person can become a presidential nominee is i mean i don't know i i can't i can't it's hard to fathom like it really possible. really is it really really is i can't believe what's happening you and me both my friend i think i think uh maybe maybe this is just a this i mean this more than anything uh could be proof that we're actually in a simulation and not <laughs> <laughs> real <Yeah>. thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Aren't there people like that that go to conferences and and try to prove that we're in a simulation or something like that? I think I heard stuff like that. Uh, could be true. I mean, with uh, Trump as president, that would be uh, no, that's, no. That's what, what, what I would do in a simulation, maybe, but. <laughs> <laughs> not, in real, not in real world. So, so there was a South Park episode that had Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton. That oh. was like 
four or five years ago. Like, like they called it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So maybe we are in a simulation and it's all being run by uh, Trey Parker and um, what's his, what's his, and Matt Stone. Is that it? The no two idea. creators, the creators of, of South Park, basically. Mm-hmm. I think we're all just in a simulation <clears throat> made by them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, um, we have arrived at the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, fine. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. <laughs> and on that happy note, let's let's go find some Pokemon. Yeah, um, um, or going to the Happy Channel. There were some excellent vines um, yes. that I inspected today. It was great. Uh, yes, yeah. yes. You can get a link to uh, an invite for our Slack channel via our show notes. Um, oh, and we have a few. We have a few new people. Ooh. Oh. Okay. Um, I have to figure out how this goes again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but. Uh, so while Khalil looks that up, uh, um, check out our show notes uh, to get a link to the Slack channel. You can find our show notes via the reactive.audio. Um, or if you go to HTTP reactive.audio, um, that'll take you to our show notes. Um, and while you're there, leave us a nice review on iTunes if you would be so kind. Um, it helps other people find out about our show. And, um, you know, and that just kind of increases our really awesome listener club and the number of people, the really, the number of really cool people who come in to our reactive Slack channel. And, uh, I think we've got some really nice, uh, internal reviews. Uh, just today, Celise was saying how, um, he's been doing some really awesome stuff, uh, thanks to joining our Slack channel and learning about some new languages and uh, practicing them. And, and he got a new job and has been refactoring all sorts of things. And so, well, um, in fact, he was, he, he was the main uh, developer on, on the Fido little Fido. That's app. right. And he That's taught, right. it taught himself react to write the Fido app. And because he did that, at least that was, that's what he's saying. Uh, yeah. He was able to get a job where he can write React, and he's super happy with it. So yeah. that's super awesome. So basically, yeah. join our Slack channel, change your life. And you will be successful, yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, we also have some new, uh, some new members in the Slack chat. Um, one of them is Avery Lucas. So welcome, Avery. Um, Valentin Zuzula. Zuzulia? Zuzu- Zuzulia. Uh, shout out to you. Um, there's also um, nobody else. Okay. No, all the other things here are like are detected oh. as inactive. Uh, purple red. <laughs> yeah, those are ba- but oh, those are the. Oh, you have their actual names. I have the actual names in the in the billing section of the Slack. So yeah, uh-huh. that uh, so Avery Lucas is purple red, and uh, Valentin Zozulia is uh, Flydz Cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. 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 And. Uh, yeah, so um, hit us up on Twitter. You can talk to all of us via at ReactivePod, um, or you can get a hold of me at RockBot. And I'm Khalil Tweets on Twitter. And um, yeah, and I think we got a. Oh, so, somebody tweeted to us um, uh, to the ReactivePod um, account that they actually. They'd, what did they say? They, they'd rather listen to a bunch of podcasts. There was a list of podcasts. And including we were, ours, po- yeah. We, yeah, including ours. Then going out uh, playing Pokemon Go, which uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, or you can also play Pokemon Go while listening. While, well, no. Yes. Well, yes. No, not really. Oh, not you really can't? can't. can't no, you, have- you have to have. No, because you have to have the Pokemon app on. Uh, which blocks all the other apps from oh. running. Oh, it, it it blocks audio as well. Yeah. Mm. All right. I hate that when it's First when bug. It, when it, when a game exactly when a game does that that it blocks out the audio. I like to when I play like a little game in the train or something mm-hmm. like that. I like to mm-hmm. turn off the audio on the game and listen to a podcast. And that's one of the most coolest things in the world. 
So that sucks. Yeah, so definitely have to change that. Um, put in an issue on GitHub or something. So they mm -hmm. change that. Yeah. Pull request. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yes. Anyway. Exactly. All right. So, um, yeah, have a nice week and uh, talk to you next time. I think uh, Henning is not going to be with us next time uh, either. Um, yeah. But so, he should be back in August, I think. In August. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. So, yeah. anyway. From the All right. other side of the pond. All right. Indeed. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.